How does a young person get a place at the table? When you're 21, 23, it's hard to, to get your way to the table where meaningful discussions are taking place. How do you do that? It really comes down to building relationships. For me, I was able to build relationships with, at the time, my leader, the director of the marketing department, and I showed her my capabilities. I showed her that I take my job seriously. Uh, having a good attitude. Having a good attitude is half the battle because it really matters how you step into the workplace on a daily basis. If you come in with a good attitude, you really have a better chance of winning people over. If you come in with negativity and heaviness and you know, kind of contempt, nobody's really going to want to be around you, you know, or pay attention to what you're doing. So having a good attitude, building relationships with your peers that can help you get a seat at the table is paramount. Welcome to the Franchise Hot Seat Podcast where we talk about all things franchising. Now, here's your host, Dr. John P. Hayes. Hi, I'm John Hayes, and this is another episode of the Franchise Hot Seat. My guest, Margaret Shabbat from PuraClean. PuraClean's a major franchisor. President is Steve White, member of the Titus Center Advisory Board, great friend to franchising, uh, works in many levels to help people get involved in franchising. We love having Steve involved. But today, we're talking to one of his directors, Margaret Shabbat. Welcome, Margaret. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to yeah. be here. So you've been at PuraClean for about 10 years, not quite. Uh, you earned an MBA uh, during that stint as well. So tell us about your background. How did you get to franchising? Where were you before? So it's interesting. I kind of fell into franchising right out of college. I graduated and I decided, well, I'm not just going to sit around this summer. I'm going to try to go and find an opportunity. I was 21 years old at the time. And I had actually accepted a position at another company. And then I received a call from PureClean. I had submitted my resume. And I got the call. We had a great conversation with the person who was doing the initial calls. And I thought, you know what? There's something about this place that sounds intriguing to me. I never heard of the restoration industry. Uh, and so I said, let me just go in for an interview, see what the company is all about, and we go from there. And so I met with Natalie Zuppo at the time. She was our director of marketing, and she was the one that was hiring. And we immediately clicked. And honestly, she is one of the reasons why I decided to join PuraClean. There was something about the people and the culture that really drew me in. So back in 2013 was really when I discovered the world of franchising and restoration. What did you know about franchising before you took a position at PuraClean? You know, what I really knew about it was that it just, it existed. I, we had, there's tons of companies out there that are franchises, and it's an opportunity for entrepreneurs who are trying to build their businesses, which is a wonderful uh, path for many people to take. As we know, there's a lot of success in franchising. And uh, I really just didn't know too much about it beyond that. I didn't really pay attention to it. It was never mentioned in college. You didn't have any college classes on how to get into franchising? No, not specifically. Right. You, you learn about it just from a business perspective, but they didn't really dive into it and what it encompassed and yeah. really what it entailed. So a young woman getting into the world of franchising. Franchising uh, is very welcoming to uh, males and females, but generally it's been a man's world. Although 10 years ago, it, it was there's still at that time or already or 
by 2013, many women were involved in franchising at many levels, even, uh, and I don't want to say even, uh, many women were involved in franchising in the CEO ranks and the C-suite ranks as well. So there were great opportunities for you in franchising. You interviewed with marketing, but did you end up in marketing? No, I didn't. So I actually went to school for mass communications, journalism, uh, PR, and marketing. And while I did work in marketing at PyroClean for a few years, when I returned after I worked on my MBA, I worked in the business development department where I am today. So it's funny because where I started was marketing and that was my focus after graduation and then after my MBA and really diving more into the world of business I ended up in business development and I love it. I feel like I found my passion. And what is business development? What do you do there? So for us business development means building relationships. We build relationships with insurance carriers, commercial partners, uh, strategic partners to drive additional revenue to our network of franchise owners. So they're out there working their local markets, building their business, letting people know that they're there to help their communities. And what we do is we're kind of like that cherry on top. We're sending you work without you having to pick up the phone. So we're generating additional opportunities to what you're building in your local market. Was it difficult breaking in as a young woman? You were in your 20s. You didn't have an MBA yet. Um, you didn't know anything about franchising academically. It wasn't, you weren't able to study it. So was it a path that, of uh, resistance in any way for a young woman to climb the ladder at PureClean? You know, I will say that at PureClean, I've been fortunate because I do believe that the leaders that we have here have a lot of respect for women. So I, there is an essence of, yes, it did take a little extra um, in dealing with the industry itself as far as being a woman in the space and trying to gain that respect and also build my knowledge and be able to speak to the things that I can speak to today. Like you said, I was in my 20s. I was fresh out of college. And, uh, you know, sometimes people look at you and think, oh, what do you know? You know, you're just you're new to the space, uh, mm -hmm. which I always think is funny because I respect people who are new. I think listening to all ages and all types of people, it's really important because they can give you a perspective that you might not have or they can change the way that you see something um, and innovate and help you get progress. So I always find that to be a little funny. But, yeah, it, when I was new to the space, it was a little bit of a challenge trying right. to gain that respect from my uh, my superiors that, that were there at the time. And did anyone mentor you at PureClean as you came in and uh, you had aspirations to climb into executive ranks? You know, I will say that I have been very blessed because I have such a core group of, co of colleagues and co-workers who have really been advocates for me. Um, you know, Steve White, we mentioned him at the beginning of the podcast, and he's been a fantastic leader. Um, yeah. Our ownership group, Mark Davis and Frank Torrey, I mean, they have just been phenomenal for the brand. But right at the beginning, I would say Natalie, the person who hired me, she really taught me so much, mm -hmm. uh, especially for a young 21-year-old right out of college. She really gave yeah. me so many tools to really succeed yeah. in this industry. So now, uh, today, I'm teaching those 21-year-olds that... Palm Beach Atlantic University, the Titus Center for Franchising, where we do teach about franchising. And we introduce this to young people who, like me, when I first heard about franchising in 1979, could hardly spell the word, let alone understand what it was all about. 
but we graduate young men, young women every year who have a concentration in franchising and who want to go far in franchising. Once they get hooked in franchising, and I think that it works that way for most of us, we didn't know anything about franchising. We weren't teenagers or college kids saying, I'm going to be in the world of franchising someday. Those opportunities, you don't even hear about them or know about them unless a member of your family maybe is involved in franchising. But we are educating 51 graduates to date after about five years of graduating students at the Titus Center. Nine of them are franchisees today, and about 15 of them work in franchise companies corporately, mostly for franchisors. Once they hear about franchising, they're hooked on franchising. But what would you say to a group of 21-year-olds, females and males, who are coming into the space, and particularly talking about the females, where are their advantages, and what do they do, and how do they get involved? How do they get to move up the way Margaret Shabbat has moved up in less than a 10-year period? <laughs> well, so a lot of questions there, and I just want to say I love what you're doing because I think it is so important. It's, it's great to bring some visibility to the industry because, like you said, so many of us didn't know going into it that it even existed or that there were opportunities. So I love to hear what you're doing. Um, I would say for new uh, women and men in the space, just to work hard, put your head down, work hard, do what you need to do, uh, work to really build relationships. I've found that to be one of the best tools in the toolbox is building relationships. Go above where you are. It's kind of when people say dress for where you want to be, not for where you are. You dress for the part. It's kind of a little bit like that. Build relationships in a room where uh, you have accessibility to leaders. Learn from people. I would say, you know, keep your keep your uh, work and your daily life private keep it professional you know stay away from anything that creates chaos or drama uh, you just you want to come in you want to work hard you want to show your dedication and build those relationships and show that you're passionate about what you do and you're and be good at it great thinking about to when you started at pure clean almost 10 years ago what three things would you say to a young person coming out of college about how to develop relationships. That's what you do day to day. What are the top three things to do to develop relationships, particularly in the work world? Sure. So I would say identify the opportunities that you can place yourself into to start those conversations. So whether it be a networking event, whether it be your own company's group of franchise owners, you know, if you're at a convention, don't shy away and, you know, go to the war room and just work on supplies. Stay in the event space. Talk to the franchise owners. Build those relationships. Talk to the clients. Talk to the leadership group. You know, don't be afraid to take a seat at the table. Uh, and I would say just be confident and be authentic. I think authenticity and sincerity will take you a long way. Uh, one thing about me is that I'm not a fake person, and I, I, I am who I am, and I think being your most authentic self is what really gets you far in life. Um, so authenticity, taking a seat at the table, and putting yourself in situations where you might be a little bit uncomfortable or you might feel intimidated, I think it all pushes us toward growth. Yeah. How does a young person get a place at the table? When you're 21, 23, 
it's hard to, to get your way to the table where meaningful discussions are taking place. How do you do that? It really comes down to building relationships. For me, I was able to build relationships with, at the time, my leader, the director of the marketing department, and I showed her my capabilities. I showed her that I take my job seriously. Uh, having a good attitude. Having a good attitude is half the battle because it really matters how you step into the workplace on a daily basis. If you come in with a good attitude, you really have a better chance of winning people over. If you come in with negativity and heaviness and you know, kind of contempt, nobody's really going to want to be around you, you know, or pay attention to what you're doing. So having a good attitude, building relationships with your peers that can help you get a seat at the table is paramount. Uh, someone just wrote to me yesterday, with a negative comment, because I talk a lot about the Gen Zs. That's who I teach. That's who's entering the work world now. They're going to take over the world uh, one day. And uh, this gentleman, his opinion of the Gen Zs was they need to go open their own businesses because uh, they're, they're not good employees. They don't make good employees. They don't want to work. They don't have a good attitude, none of which I find to be true about the Gen Zs that I teach at the Titus Center for Franchising. So this, this gentleman maybe has Gen Z children and they're not listening to him. And he said they don't listen to anybody and they need to go open their own businesses. What do you see about Gen Zs? You know, I, again, I don't think, I think each generation has something different to offer. And I think if we put blinders on and don't really pay attention or listen to what new generations emerging have to say, I think we're really missing the boat there. I think they actually bring a lot to the table. And I think that just because their ide ideologies are a little bit different than what we're used to, doesn't make it bad. They, I notice that they tend to really prioritize a work-life balance. That's not necessarily bad. Taking care of yourself and making sure that you're okay so that you can give 100% of yourself, that's not a bad thing to do. Working remote, taking vacations, but still managing to do the job and do it well, I don't see a problem with that. I just think it's a different way of thinking and a different way of operating. And sometimes different makes people uncomfortable. Good. The um, Can you think of something... The worst thing that happened to you in the last 10 years at PureClean or something that uh, either it was your fault or it could have been somebody else's fault, but you got the blame. It was embarrassing or it was just a difficult, challenging situation. You may even have thought you were going to lose your job over it. Can you think of an example that uh, uh, you got yourself stuck in and then how did you work your way out of it so that you could stay on the path to, to the executive level? That's a great question. I would say one of the most challenging moments that I had, I was actually at a trade show and I was trying to talk to people, network, build those relationships, like I said, um, and there were two gentlemen who were just not having, I mean, they were, they felt like they were 10 feet tall. I'm 5'3 on a good day, right? Which is also a disadvantage sometimes because I'm always looking up at all of our leaders and, uh, you know, it, it makes me spend a lot of money on high heels. Uh, <laughs> but I remember being at this trade show and just trying to talk to these gentlemen and have a conversation. And anything that I said, it was just being dismissed or completely ignored, no matter how hard I tried. And uh, in a moment of frustration, I lost my temper slightly. Um, and I remember the leadership group pulling me aside saying, listen, what they're doing is not respectful and it isn't right, but you know, you really need to pull it together and calm down. It's just, it was kind of like, man, why, why am I being treated this way? I've done nothing to, 
to receive that treatment. But you know, older way of thinking, two men versus a young woman coming into the space. So I remember that being a big challenge for me and it kind of sticks out as a moment of, okay, well, I'm not gonna gain everybody's respect, but I'm gonna try to do what I can do uh, to make sure that I do a great job and I represent the company well. Do you see examples, maybe not necessarily personally in this case, do you see examples of young women being treated badly, uh, whether in franchising, well, specifically in franchising, do you think that uh, young women are not respected? or, And of course, it depends on the culture of the company. But can a young woman get into franchising today, working for a big corporation, and feel respected? Oh, you're frozen. I think I lost nope. you. I didn't hear the last part of that question. Did I come back? Oh, yep, there you are. Okay. Um, so I'm asking... Is it possible for young women to come into the franchise workspace with respect, or does that still have to be earned over a long period of time? You know, I feel like it's a completely different space today. And like I said, I'm, I'm lucky to be at PuroClean because I really haven't felt disrespected by our leadership team or by our ownership group. If anything, it's been the opposite. I've had a great relationship and I've been able to, you know, work hard and I've earned it. Um, but they've respected that and they've respected me and my opinions. And that's one thing that I've always felt really, uh, great about at PuroClean is that I feel like my opinions are heard. When I'm asked to speak, they listen to what I have to say, and many times they've implemented um, what I've suggested. So for me personally, my journey at PuroClean, maybe I've had an advantage um, just because we do have such a great leadership team. Uh, but I, I do think it's a different day. I do think today I see a lot more women in the space. I do see them respected. I see them in high-level positions, and they're thriving. They're doing well. And and I don't, I never subscribe to the man versus woman mentality. I think we all contribute and we all have um, a great way of working together and making something even better. I think it's, it's powerful to have both. So I do think it's a, it's a great time in franchising for both men and women. Most of the Gen Zs today who I teach say that they plan to become business owners. They want to be franchisees. Have you considered that? And how would you uh, encourage young women who want to be business owners? Maybe they don't have the money yet, but eventually that's what they want. You know, it's funny that you say that. I think we all consider that at some point, or at least many of us do. My core group here um, of colleagues, we've talked about, well, what would that look like if we opened our own PuroClean franchise and, you know, it became a corporate success story? Um, but I think at the end of the day, I just really love what I do. I love building relationships with our partners on the insurance side, on, on the commercial side, and driving that revenue to our franchise owners, working to support them and what they're doing. Um, franchising and entrepreneurship also requires a lot of you personally. It's a big sacrifice, and people mm -hmm. don't realize what it truly entails. It is yours 24-7, and you have to constantly think about it from top to bottom, and it requires a huge investment of your life. And, um, and it can be extremely rewarding and successful, but it just really depends on what do you want out of your life personally. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think for me, I'm very happy with where I'm at. Good. So one of those uh, three best tips that you can give type of questions uh, as we begin to wrap up. Um, if you were doing it again, a young woman 
coming into franchising. What are the top three things young college graduates, female graduates in particular, ought to do in order to get themselves into a franchise company at a, a, an entry-level position? So three things that young Gen Zs ought to know and ought to do to get themselves gainfully employed at a good franchise company. Make sure that you present yourself well. I think presentation is key. Uh, you won't believe how many people have come in for interviews in jeans and flip-flops and just, you know, kind of <laughs> just very casual. At the end of the day, it's still a business, and you want to put your best foot forward. So presentation and how you carry yourself is paramount. Um, once you have the opportunity, it's really yours to lose. So it's how you conduct yourself, how you work, how you interact with your colleagues. Um, it's really your attitude. And like I said, building relationships. You, you, know, you want to gain favor with your colleagues. You want to help. Sometimes you have to go out of your own little space, your own personal bubble to help others in other departments. And you know, I think that goes a long way. It shows that you're a team player. Um, our culture here is very important. If somebody doesn't fit the culture, they really find a way to work themselves out of the company because we really are one team. We help each other. And I think having a good culture is very important, too. So understanding the culture and, and ensuring that it aligns with your own values and belief system is very important as well. So it has to be a good fit for you as well as the company because it's it's where you have to be every day. So you have to be sure that you like it, you enjoy what you do, and honestly, bring your best every day. Is there a way to find out about the culture of the company before you apply for a job? You know, we do a really great job of explaining the culture in the interview process. And in fact, we have every candidate meet with Steve White. And Steve, he doesn't ask any questions um, that we would ask a candidate. He really believes in our leadership team, and he knows we're very capable of hiring good people. But in his hour session with every candidate before they are hired, he talks about the culture. He walks them around. We explain who we are and what we do. And so we really do try to give them a good sense of what the culture is before they even get here. Great. Uh how about, uh, I, I want to go back to that building relationships. That's very difficult for a young person to do, uh, particularly in the insurance world. I'm sure that they not only have PureClean calling them, they have every other fire and water restoration company calling to get their favor and to, and to get their leads uh, ultimately. So, and, and then that business, fire and water restoration and insurance, it's probably male dominated as well. Oh, can you talk about uh, some things or some ways, tricks or behaviors that a young person could employ? Um, how does a Gen Z get through in a male-dominated world when you're a female? How do you get through to these decision makers at insurance companies? That's got to be a tough role. It is a tough one, uh, but I've really found success at conferences and trade shows and any network op networking opportunity. Sometimes it's working beyond 
you know, your nine to five or whatever your schedule is, you have to put yourself in situations where you are going to be exposed to these people. And it's just talking to them. You start talking to them, you say, hey, I'm with PuroClean. This is what we're doing. I'd love to have a conversation with you. And because the industry is so repetitive in the types of conferences that we attend, you start to see those people more often. And if you're putting yourself in that environment where you're saying, hey, you know what, John, I've seen you four times now. We've met. Let's talk. What can we do? How can we work together? This is what I can offer you. And we're doing really great things. You want to be a part of this because what we have to offer is incredible and we can show you. Try us. And if you don't like us, fine, walk away. But, you know, it's really just trying to build that rapport. Also using your colleagues who have relationships, right? So I have great people in my life who will introduce me to anybody that they know. Right? They say, hey, this is Margaret. Like, talk to her for a little bit. And that's, that's another entryway into having those conversations. So that's why it's so important when you work at a, at a company to create friendships and create bonds with your colleagues. And then you can help each other out when it comes to those types of introductions. Because like you said, it is difficult to just break into the space. So one thing that's also important to remember is that it always takes time. It's not a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And building those relationships take time. Thanks for tuning in to the Franchise Hot Seat Podcast with Dr. John P. Hayes. Tune in next time for more conversation around all things franchising.